I'm Michael Marinello. And I'm Robert Mathers. This week we're listening to Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. Now I'm a swinger dating a singer, and Mike can't decide which is worse. Um, uh, are we in the groove? Did you drop the needle? More swing and a little bit of scotch, I think is what you're looking for, right? It's time for the Radio Free Jersey Record Club. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? those heartbreakers. I'm good. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm Uh, well. So today we're talking about Full Moon Fever from Tom Petty. This was your pick. Yes. This uh, this was uh, I was uh, I, I I was feeling a little Tom Petty, and then um, I stopped and looked and tried to just was thinking off the top of my head. I'm like, like oh that song's on that album. Oh that song's on that. Oh Free Falling too. Oh Love Is a Long Road. Oh You're So Bad. I'm like wow. That song, that like, it's kind of, kind of remarkable. And then we'll, we'll get into the story of it, which is what I always kind of found amazing in that, like, he was always a very popular singer, but this kind of, uh, vaulted him into the, the, you know, the world of superstardom, uh, but it was a solo album. So, uh, right. you know, there's some interesting, uh, potholes that come along with that. So here are the stats. It was released on the 24th of April, 1989, yes. 31 years ago. It is the debut mm-hmm. solo album by Mr. Tom Petty. And the lineup is pretty interesting. You want to run that down? Yes. So uh, Tom Petty, vocals, guitars, keys, tambourine. Mike Campbell, which is his main uh, guitarist uh, from the Heartbreakers, guitars, bass, mandolin, door bro. Door- Dobro bro, Dobro <laughs> keys, uh, and I believe this is recorded at a lot of his studio. Uh, Jeff Lynn on bass, guitar, keys, backing vocals, and Phil Jones drums and percussion, and then a whole bunch of extra special guests: George Harrison, Jim Keltner, Ben Montanch, also of the Heartbreakers; Howie Epstein, also of the Heartbreakers; Roy Orbison. Um, Kelsey Campbell and Del Shannon <laughs> in the CD interlude making uh, barnyard noises. Exactly. I believe. <laughs> so um, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it was a, you know, for a non Tom Petty and the heartbreakers album, it was chock full of, of uh, special guests. And I think we'll get into that a little bit more as well. It was produced by Jeff Lynn of ELO and uh, of the traveling Wilburys fame along with mm-hmm. Tom Petty and Mike Campbell. And you're right. It was recorded in Mike Campbell's, uh, Garage studio, as they said at the track listing, which was very yep. interesting. So the, this album, this came out in 1989. It was released on three formats. It was released <laughs> on vinyl. It was released on cassette mm-hmm. tape, which is how I first had it. And it yep. was released on compact disc. So side one of the album is, uh, uh, was free falling. Yep. I won't back down. Love is a long road. Face in the crowd. Running down a dream. Uh, side two, uh, there's a nice little interlude to tell you to remind you to flip the album over or take a pause if you're listening to it on CD. Again, we'll get into better detail. Feel a whole lot better by the birds, uh, or originally by the birds, it's a birds cover. Uh, you're so bad, depending on you, the apartment song, all right for now, a mind with it with a heart of its own and zombie zoo. So this was, uh, again, Tom Petty's first solo album. It charted, uh, it peaked at number three in the U.S. Billboard charts and Mm -hmm. was, uh, it's been certified three times platinum. So here's a little background on uh, Tom Petty. He was born on October 20th, 1950. He would have been 70 uh, years old this year had he lived. He was born in Mm -hmm. Gainesville, Florida, the funner 
Gainesville. And I can say that having spent <laughs> some time working adjacent to Gainesville, Georgia. So here's some interesting <laughs> facts, right? Tom Petty met Elvis Presley when he was 10 years old. His father worked on a, a film that was shot down there, an Elvis film. And and then in 1964, he saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Tom, Tom did. Right. And yep. that, so Elvis got him into rock music and seeing the Beatles just like most other kids that that wanted to be musicians saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and he dreamed of being in a band as he's like in his you know high school college age he meets Ben Montage and Mike Campbell and they form a band called Mud Crunch Mud Crutch yep in Gainesville nothing much really happened with that band then uh, so nineteen by seventy seven, uh, Petty Tench Campbell added Ron Blair and Stan Lynch to form Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yep. Uh, in eighty two, Ron Blair quits. They bring mm-hmm. in uh, Howie Epstein. And yep. uh, interesting to note because I uh, did not get to see. They didn't come this far up uh, to the East Coast, yep. but. Uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers played with Bob Dylan as his backing band. And then yep. they played, uh, opened for the Grateful Dead on a number of uh, sh- shows at the same time they were playing with the with Bob Dylan, 1986, right. 1987. Um, right. And at the end, the, the Heartbreakers came out with the Dead uh, for the final set. And then by 88, right. you have Tom Petty playing right. in the Traveling Wilburys with George Harrison, Jeff Lynne, Roy Orbison, and Bob Dylan. And right. then that gets us um, basically to, to, to this album. To this album, right? Yeah. So, so uh, just to jump back in there, um, the the last album, uh, what was it? Let me up. I've had enough. Was the last yep. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers album. Uh, Jamming me was probably the lead single off that. If you remember that, co-written it, uh, with Bob Dylan. It, Yes, written with Bob Dylan, and take it, it, back uh, your Joe Piscopo. We will try exactly it references uh, Saturday Night Live hosts. Do. <laughs> exactly. Um, Sarah Live hosts. So they go on tour after that. Then they go on. Then he goes on tour, like you said, with the dead and Bob Dylan and all that. And, you know, I just think he was coming. And, and they had been pr- pretty much going strong from late 70s through to the till 1987, 88 in there. So this was his kind of um, uh, way of taking a break and, and resetting. And also and this certainly comes up in the album he uh he has moved or he's his primary residence seems to be uh southern california mm-hmm. and that comes through in this album in a big bad way um and uh and also at this time you know uh, bob dylan is living near him george harrison uh happens to be you know when he's record he's he, yeah, he, he is, is a place in la yep. a b-side yep uh, he's recording a B-side for one of his songs, which ends up being Handle With Care. They basically kind of, uh, Jeff Lynn, George Harrison, Tom Petty, write it at Bob Dylan's house <laughs> for the most part. Who, and, uh, and, and then they're like, oh, okay, well, with, this song's pretty good, so let's bang out nine, nine more and uh, we'll make our own album and, and, and do it that way. So kind of in the middle of him taking a break from the Heartbreakers comes this whole Traveling Wilburys thing and uh, I think some songs might have been for this album were started before the Traveling Wilburys and then after. So you could, you know, uh, you could say it's almost a companion piece or or a, a very similar uh, in, in style and feel to uh, 
uh, Traveling Wilbury's first album. Uh, Robert, before we we jump in any further, I want to I do want to uh, touch on something uh, and ask you your opinion. Um, what do you this this album is the first album I recognized uh, Jeff Lynne's production. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, what uh, what did you what's your your take and feel on that? Because. Um, yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. This this really does feel like Jeff Lynne had his hands all over it. Uh, as yep. you mentioned, it's a gr- it, it sounds like it is a companion piece to the Traveling Wilburys Volume 1. In that yep. period, you have uh, George Harrison's Cloud Nine, you have Traveling Wilburys, yep. and you have this. So if there's yep. a, a Jeff Lynne reaching out, mm-hmm. um, uh, trying to be... I, it is these are Jeff Lynne albums I think with George Harrison and company and, and in this case Tom Petty uh, singing right. because if you line this up with what comes later it's a very this is very polished I guess is the best most succinct way to say it exactly yep yeah and um, I, I think you know then if you go on to uh, Into the Great Wide Open also I think is a Jeff Lynne produced album mm-hmm. I know the song Into the Great Wide Open definitely is because you could hear it in the drums and the way they're mic'd um, and then again the uh, the anthology the Beatles uh, Free as a Bird and Real Love that has that that Jeff Lynne sound as well Jeff um, Lynne likes uh, Light Flange yeah. <laughs> you see, that's that's what I was wondering. What is the I, I don't have the technical expertise to describe exactly what I'm hearing there. But that th- there was a very distinct I hear it and I'm like, oh, that drum sound is Jeff Lynn. Yes, Jeff Lynn really likes um, echoey, very slick uh-huh. drums. Every yes. drum is mic'd. Yeah. Uh, versus okay. you just put a couple of overhead mics and then you, right, you just sort pick of mic up the, the kick drum. Uh, yep. and, and Jeff Lynn really does these um, overdubbed harmonies of the lead vocals a lot. And then mm-hmm. with the backing vocals, everything's in yep. the same key. Well, I mean, yep. in the same, but on the same plane, I guess, is a, is a, right. is a better way to put it. Um, yep. Flange is basically if you take... You know, as um, not to get too inside baseball, but we're being <laughs> this podcast. We're we're basically it's being recorded four different times. If I mm-hmm. do this, if I separate out um, what I'm saying right now under two tracks, and then you say something witty and funny, okay, witty and funny, <laughs> and I put all that together the way I've just done this in post, uh, where everything is just a hair off. Mm-hmm. If you do that, so it sounds kind of interesting. That is a basic flange. I mean, that's the old-fashioned okay. way to do it, and probably okay. how they had to do it then before computers. Now you can just sort of hit a a thing right. and right. add it. That will kind of sync the, it or unsync. Right. It. The biggest, I would say, the 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 probably one of the most recognizable uses of the flange technique, and it's yeah. just a fun word to say, flange. Yeah, it uh, is. Is exactly. it the Doobie Brothers listen to the music? <laughs> where the guitar just right. goes over and over and it, it, it sounds like so it's a it, uh the visual representation of flange basically is uh if you remember uh, in the 70s late 70s and early 80s um you would see a figure sort of going slow motion across the screen and then you would oh the yeah, figure yeah, yeah, would yeah, follow. yeah yeah they use it a lot yeah. on zoom the, yep, the old yep. TV show from Zoom, yep. You know, that kind of weird color effect. That's the same, you know, you're almost okay. creating a loop, but you're not. So All Jeff right. Lynn likes that with some Phil Spector-esque harmonies, but much yep. slicker than the wall of sound. Yep. 
Exactly. Yes. All right. So that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, I just want to get that in there before, uh, uh, as we get into the, the album and the making of the album, cause he, Jeff Lynn is definitely highly involved there. So, um, let's talk about personal connections. Uh, Robert, how did you, uh, come to know of this? How, when did you hear of it? Uh, if memory serves, I heard, I won't back down on WNEWFM in New York City, which was our rock station, classic rock yep. station um, mm-hmm. here in New York. And Scott I bought Muni. The, <laughs> and I remember being in a store called Caldor, which was here uh-huh. in the Northeast. Yes. Um, sort of the a one in West store. Orange? Yes, the one on West okay. Orange. And they had a record department. And I was there with my mom, I think it was down by the photo place. So that's where we would yep. get... Yep, uh, photograph, you know, pictures developed mm-hmm. um, by a really weird dude at the photo booth. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But I remember saying, you know, I had <laughs> saved up some money. We were in high school, so I had money. It wasn't like I was a mm-hmm. little kid. Right. So I remember like going with my mom to pick up. And I said, oh, this is that record that I've heard about or this <laughs> tape, this this full moon fever. Right. Yeah, I'm going to buy it uh, there. Uh, I don't have the cassette anymore, but I do remember I traded that. I probably gave the cassette away to somebody in mm-hmm. college when I when I bought the CD. Right. And that's the first time I heard the hidden track, which we will talk about. Right. Exactly. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, you just brought up a point that uh, made me think of something. I can remember back in those days that um, if I wasn't certain about an album, um, I would not buy it on CD. If I, if I knew if it was a favorite band of mine, I'd buy it on CD, uh, an album I felt like I had to have. But if, if I wasn't sure about it, I didn't want to commit to it because, you know, maybe CDs were at the time, I don't know, $15. Yeah, they were expensive. cassettes were maybe $7, $8. Vinyl was, yeah, um, that I would, you know, that you just reminded me that like there's a bunch of things are like, ah, I don't know, am I going to like this all that much? I'll, I'll just rather than spending the $15 on the CD, I will spend, you know, the $8 on and, you know, get two two cassettes of something I I may or may not like as much. So, um, well, and the, <laughs> there you and go. I, can so tell you, the I reason, don't know if that went into well, your thinking at all. In well, buying yes, it did. Fever. Because, I, you know, I, I had just heard the single, but it was Tom <laughs> Petty. Um, and we were more familiar with yep. Tom Petty, the 80s Tom Petty, right? So I, I was sort of familiar with early Tom yep, Petty. exactly. Um, but this is sort of where he yep. blew up. Um, well, no, I would say the record before yep. this or the, tra- you know, the, the Don't Come Around Here No More, the video Tom Petty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this yep. led right into this. The reason I bought the, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to, this isn't one of my favorite total collections of records, uh, yep. you know, from from beginning to end. I bought the CD basically because I was on the air um, and I had been, de- mm-hmm. you know, I'd started DJing parties and, you know, things or, or had hoped to. So I bought the CD yep. basically so I could get to the tracks that I wanted to quicker than doing it on a cassette. Mm hmm. Yep, makes sense. I, I get now, it. I remember. The, um, so uh, we've not talked about this. I don't think on either this podcast or on the other one that we host now uh, of all time. Yep. Yep. Back when we were in high school, when this album came mm-hmm. out, we yep uh, we started a radio station. You, me, and this this other guy named yes. Dave Noel. We started a radio station yep. at at our high yep. school. And by radio station kids, uh-huh. I, I mean 
we had a, a CD boombox, a CD cassette boombox uh-huh. that was up that we put up next to the public address system microphone, and the the faculty yep. at Verona High School in New Jersey let yep. us do a radio show from like seven to eight ten in the morning. Um, yep. So, but then we called it WVHS. I yep. remember you playing cuts from this for sure on I, and that. that- that is definitely true and yeah that that's my favorite thing about that that it was so uh that that radio station i think we might have discussed it in our last incarnation of the podcast but um for those of you that don't want to go back and and unearth those episodes um it was as robert just described very primitive um but it was there was there was something to it there was something enjoyable about it in that um (laughs) i remember very distinctly robert you like so let's say i i played uh um won't back down robert would do a walk around the school to check out like how if was it too loud was it too soft was it you know did we need to turn it up do we need to turn it down which was something as primitive as literally just turning down the volume on the boom box or moving the microphone back a little bit from the boom box my memory of it my first introduction to the album was um the wonderful world of mtv back then uh 88 89 i watched a lot of mtv and also back then mtv used to show a lot of music videos <laughs> and uh, show a lot of music videos of old white dudes or in this case probably like 40 year old white dudes <laughs> right exactly um, yeah and uh, so the first um, what immediately and you know uh, Robert and uh, the fans of the show will know this for sure what immediately hooked me into the album I had knew and actually had had the his previous album uh, let me up I've had enough uh, on CD um, but what uh, made me enjoy it was the first video for I Won't Back Down had Ringo on drums, uh, Jeff Lynn, George Harrison, and Mike Campbell in, in the backing band. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's, you know, and it was, it was, it's, it's funny. It, I went back and watched it the other day and it is, it starts out almost like the, the Tom Petty, Alice in Wonderland video. Uh, cause he's got that same style hat and yep. you're like, you, he's opening up a, opening a up a box and then putting you know then you're in a book there the the video is in a book but it's pretty much just a straight like they're just lip syncing uh and it's funny because it looks like jeff lynn and and george harrison are just completely like oh uh, well, yeah sure well, yeah we're just and there's that that hat thing yeah which started with the uh, don't come around here no more video with the Dave Stewart mm-hmm. produced the record and and he's in the you know he's in the Alice in Wonderland video because you mm-hmm. see it and I won't back down you see mm-hmm. it in you see it later a couple albums later mm-hmm. in the video for um uh into the great wide open yep and yeah and, he's the roadie and you see the hat on the shelf in the video for uh, uh running down a dream which yep. I loved because it was this um great animated fever dream kind of thing you know um, yep yeah yeah so uh so um that and the video for free falling as well and running down a dream were all my kind of introduction to this album that was kind of like the first thing i rem- i remember of it um the, you know the kids skateboarding them him on mm-hmm. the crane shot the southern california feel so um uh, definitely uh that you know that's that's where i was introduced to it let's get into uh tracking robert so 
back then, 31 years ago, there was no way I would I tracked this. I mean, I right. probably listened to it the first couple of times, but this would not have been a this wasn't a record that I tracked. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. pretty much on side two. After you're so bad, I could take Pulled it or the leave shoot. It. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily get a theme, especially on on going back and listening this time around. For sure, I don't yeah. necessarily get a theme other than hey, we're gonna do some cool, you know, rockabilly uh, yep. blues kind of stuff. Other than the song that you know, the theme that happens in most rock radio, which is you know, I I found love, I lost love, I found love, I lost love. Right. Exactly. Um, there was no unlike jamming me. There was no like. And what I didn't get was mm-hmm. a, a connective, so, you know, social justice yep. t- tissue. Although he certainly <laughs> references, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Yep. Um, now, you know, I can track it front to back. I mean, it's fun to mm-hmm. listen to, but it's not one of these, you know, like some of the others that we've done in this series, yep. where I have to listen to it back to front. Exactly. Um, yep. I still will skip around a little side too. Well, How about you? I, again, same, very similar response. But I, now I'm now you just made me think that maybe it's us that have changed. Back then, I didn't. I probably didn't listen to albums that way or listen to them as as statements of art. I was much more into like, all right, where are the hits? Where's where's this single? Where's this this great song? Let's get to that great song. Let's you know, let's let's skip. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So you know what what's this? But uh, you wouldn't me, have like, like you wouldn't have put. Back then, you didn't like put a CD on and just let it run? I did, for sure. However, having said that, I would, at that time, that... I just don't know if I appreciate it as much to sit through something and listen to it for an artistic statement. It was. I was much more about. All right, that song's good. That song's good. That song's good. That song stinks. Well, uh, and, and CDs gave us the ability to be able to do yes, that. I exactly. mean, prior to early on, right? You had to mm-hmm. listen to the record. You had. You could fast forward the table of it. Yes, you could stand up and jump the. You know, <laughs> but, but you really didn't. It's like why you watched. We watched commercials on television, yeah. or you didn't really. There were, we didn't channel surf because you didn't have a remote control. Exactly. Uh, uh, exactly. You know, imagine until, that until but, we got cable. But yes, so I, I I have generally the same feeling as you in that I think uh, I can do it uh, now, but I still think there's probably three four songs at the end that I would skip um, if you know when when I go back and listen to it. So and they're and they're, and they're not. It's not like they're horrible songs. It's not like they're terrible. It's just uh, oh, this is you know this is not as good as the others. They don't speak to you. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, so moving, this is a good segue into music and lyrics. Um, yep. It it and it fits with the tracking, right? I don't think this mm-hmm. this this feels like a collection of songs, not necessarily yes. like we're trying to you know s- s- tell a story uh, right, through exactly. the art, which is fine. Yep. Um, as I mentioned, and also before, think about it yeah. in in these terms that he's coming off of. Uh, the Traveling Wilburys album, which was, I did two songs, you did two songs, Bob Dylan does two songs, uh, we'll write one song together, and you know that type of thing. So, I, th- I, a lot of these songs, I just get the feeling like, all right, let's just let's just write something, let's just throw something together, uh, so we have you know, you know, eleven tracks, twelve tracks, whatever it is. Yep. So I, 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 I definitely agree. Um, it. It uh, you know the hits are so ingrained in my mind after thirty one years where I think you know that's part of it. You know if you look exactly. at a song like 
you know, free fall. I love the callback to Elvis, although, mm-hmm. you know, even then in 1989, I was yeah. thinking... Why, you know, if he's singing, I mean, of course, so we're in high school. So the the girl that he's singing about, you you think she's in high school or college, right? right? She's a young young girl, young woman, because Mm -hmm. that's the sort of direction of the song, um, you know, and he's a bad boy because he doesn't even miss her. Um, But she loves Elvis, Jesus, and America. And in 1989, I don't know if those were the, the, you know, great white American, you know, ideals. Certainly Elvis wouldn't have been part of that. Um, Right. Well, but then that's the other, that's the funny thing is like, even in the video itself, it you know it's it starts with that, but then it ends with kids skateboarding, kids right. in, kids and in freeways spandex. and Elvis weren't a thing. <laughs> you know, freeways were just being built as Elvis was was coming. You know, but right. it's a great song to blast with the windows open. I it oh, certainly exactly. it certainly became sort of an anthem. My take on this is, uh, I you know, I, it's a great song. It's a classic, uh, a great acoustic riff. Um, but my, uh, to this day, I still think it's like, wait a minute. I thought Tom Petty was from, from Florida. What the hell is he singing about? Reseda right. and Ventura Boulevard and, and all these Southern California. Over Mulholland. Hollywood. <laughs> so, um, it, it's just a, it's a great, uh, you know, uh, juxtaposition and kind of, kind of changing his, changing his locale. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, won't back down to me. That's just, that to me sounds like classic Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers that Jeff yeah, Lynne got sure. hold of. Yeah, exactly. And uh, a, a fun fact that um, not one but two members of the class of 1990, Verona High School's graduating class of 1990, uh, they had that as their. They had a quote. Uh, like basically let me rewind a little bit. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure everyone, every high school does this. I'm sure a lot of them do that. You have a little write up under your senior portrait in your yearbook. And uh, a lot of people just put quotes to begin them. And both Rob Fay and Gerard Lavelli, their quote was, you could stand me up at the gates of hell and I won't back down from, uh, <laughs> do you, do you remember what song. yours was? Uh, mine, <laughs> I believe mine was a, uh, yes quote. Um, uh, uh, as truth is gathered, I rearrange inside out, outside in perpetual change. I believe that was, that was mine. Are you, are you going to, I'm going to, I happen to have it. I, uh, I just it happened to this be within is... eye shot. All right. Your uh-huh. quote, uh, as truth is gathered, I rearrange yep. inside out, outside in, perpetual change. <laughs> and by the way, um, uh, not that we want to, um, <laughs> you know, give shout outs to other uh, podcasts, but we will. Um, if you go and listen to the most recent version of Sound Opinions, Jim Diorgatis and uh, Jim Jeff, Jim Cott, Jim Cott mm-hmm. talk about um, the basically a lot of yes in their album going for the one so uh they they too are yes nerds like me so <laughs> can you guess what was yours I'll you, i'll give you a i'll throw you a softball can you guess what band mine you have a you have a, a... uh crosby stills and nash no nope, you're close <laughs> Uh, my quote was, uh, such a long, long time to be gone and a oh, short yeah. time. Actually, I had two quotes, uh, such a long, long time to be gone and a short time to be there by the Grateful Dead. Yeah. yeah. And my final quote was by, uh, someone who I really thought should have been a recording artist, but, uh, ended up, uh, I think she is in like a social worker, I believe. Yeah. 
in the greater, professor. In the greater white Colorado area, I believe now. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep. yep. But uh, it was a, a woman we went to high school with named Andy Prince, and yep. I quoted her. I I can't actually remember the name of the song, but it's it's, it's a, a lyric that I have had. I love this the the wordplay here. Uh, Love's language is the bridge between two lovers' eyes. Yes. All right. Look at that. That's one back down by. Uh, <laughs> and oh, I didn't. I, I did you do this? I I don't know how much you were into um, popular radio. Did you you know the whole stay with me. Sam Smith. Oh, very uh, much so. Yes. 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 Um, and what's fascinating is, you know, that album is coming and George Harrison is around and all that stuff. And, you know, he actually had that happen to him as well, where he had to pay um, uh, fees for, you know, what's it? Well, this, when I heard that Sam uh, Smith record, um, yep. when I was living in Georgia, I don't know, that was what? Uh, Tom Petty was still alive at the yeah. time. Uh, sure. And I heard it and I went, oh, he's sampling Tom Petty. Yes. We all thought that he got permission. And then the Petty estate just sort of tapped him on the shoulder and went, you need to pay us right. for this. But he donated, all, Petty donated all his royalties. The the rec, it's He shares publishing because, I mean, it's a blatant, it's just a blatant ripoff. Right. It is. It's, it's funny because uh, I'll hear it on the radio. Um and I'll <laughs> and I'll key and I'll just start singing Tom Petty lyrics right. into it uh, <laughs> uh, into the tune. So, so um, let's jump over to "Love Is a Long Road." Um, you know, a, a another classic, and I think we both said this. Another, you definitely get the feel of a it's a, a classic Tom Petty, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers style song, like a, a classic yeah. rock um, for me. Musically, it sounds a little too rock eighties for me. Like like yeah. he's like, all right, listen. Uh, John Bon Jovi. This, this is actually how this chord progression is supposed to go. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and here's yeah. how you get the 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 the, the correct uh, little keyboard feel fills right. as well. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, a face in the crowd. A uh, you know a a, a slinky groove. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you like the wordplay in this <laughs> this song. I, I'm always I, I I still can't quite put my finger on. Is this about? Uh, himself, a lover, a fan, uh, who who this song really is is about. I think it's open to interpretation. You know, again, mm-hmm. that's where the Harrisonian part comes in for me. Right. Uh, but it also could have been a Woolbury's tune. You know. Yep. You're just the face in the crowd. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and then running down a dream to end the side. Um, just a, a you know. Um, vintage. You know, it's funny. It's for a Tom Petty solo album. This is. I just think of uh, Mike Campbell and his guitar work on this mm-hmm. song. The, the yeah, riff, it's, the it's solo. It's, it's just amazing. Plus, it you know name checks Del Shannon for a whole new generation. Uh, right. Exactly. You know, uh, Runaway, basically. Right. Right. Um, and uh, you know, I and what, I, yeah. And what I like about it is it's, um, you know, it's a song about driving and what he does is what so many of us do in our car. But, you know, he puts it to words, which is he's singing along with what he's listening to on the radio. So he has Del Shannon's Runaway on in the radio. So he's he says like, oh, me and Del were singing a little runaway. So um, so he's just going out for a drive, running down a dream and uh, singing along and, and out there uh, blaring his music. Um, the 
the fact that it's Del Shannon. So the aforementioned, we've teased this a couple times, but here's the part where you get to. If you listen to the CD or if you listen to this on Spotify now, yep, uh, you will be able to hear or uh, you know any digital version. They pulled it from the CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, about a 30 seconds, a minute after the song ends, mm-hmm. you hear this thing and it's Tom. There are these barnyard noises in the background, which, which yep. Mike, you mentioned before. Uh, were credited to Del Shannon. Um, And it says, you know, uh, it's Tom Petty going, hey, CD listeners, Uh, at this point in this point in the record, uh, those people listening on vinyl or cassette, I'm paraphrasing, uh, will have to get up and or sit down and turn over the record. So we're just going to pause here for a minute. I'm glad you remembered the or sit down because he does (laughs) go out of his way to say, you know, (laughs) um, and it was it was a it's just a great little like DJ bit. Mm-hmm. Which kind of foreshadows what he did. Uh, certainly, the the last DJ album, one of the final t- heart, uh, Heartbreaker records, uh, yep. about corporate America ruining this country, um, mm-hmm. or oh, the over corporatization, which I guess would be the same as the overforestization. Uh, about Jim <laughs> Ladd, who was a great, you know, the last DJ who picked could say what he play, all that sort of stuff. Jim Ladd, of course, was a uh, disc jockey at KLOS. Uh, in Los Angeles, California, in the '60s and '70s and the '80s, um, but then Tom Petty moves to a um, right around the last DJ. He starts doing like a specialty show, playing his own records uh, from his record collection on Sirius XM, which evolves into Tom Petty Radio, which is still a thing right. today. He kind of would have, you know, I'd read an interview. Went, well, what would you do if you weren't a musician? I'd probably be a disc jockey. Was one of his right. answers. Yeah. And his his show is I, I still like listen to it. It's it's yeah. still a fun listen. So, um, so side two uh, starts out with a cover. Uh, Feel a whole lot better by the Birds, um, and it uh, this you know it this fun. It's funny in that in watching that uh, Echoes of the Canyon uh, documentary where it's Tom Petty talking about the birds and the bird sounds and the bird and the influence of the Laurel Canyon sound and the chiming guitars. And you could see how much of an influence it had on him. And, you know, this, you know, this back in 1989 was, you know, another great example of it, of just him, you know, uh, trying to sound like a member of the birds. Yeah, I always thought that Tom Petty sounded like he could have come from the birds. The the heartbreaker mm-hmm. sound sounds to me like the evolution yep. of the birds. Um, sure. But I always thought that that Petty's voice was a little more like Roger McGuinn than mm-hmm. Gene Clark. Um, right. Although when I heard this version, uh, it it because it's a very faithful cover. They don't, yes. you know, it's not yeah, like it, it um, is. It is stays true to the original. Yeah, it's not like, uh, and one of the new th- sort of things I was listening to, to you know, when I had to walk away from this, I, mm-hmm. I this week uh, the the other thing I was listening to, not tracking it, but I kept coming back to uh, uh, the Bird and the Bees uh, uh, Masters Volume Two uh, Van, right, Halen, Van Halen, which Halen is one? a complete departure, <laughs> right, exactly. uh, yes. w- which is awesome. So you flip the yeah. side over or keep yep. playing the CD. Oh, I'm sorry. So after this Birds cover, we get to uh, probably one of my favorite Tom Petty songs, You're yeah, So exactly. Bad. And mm-hmm. it sums up 80s decadence. Um, right. You know, and and really to me, this is the, you know, sequel almost to Jamming Me. Um, right. You know, exactly. my sister's ex-husband married a yuppie. Or my mm-hmm. my sister got lucky, married a yuppie, took him for all he was worth. Uh, <laughs> now she's a singer dating. Now she's a swinger dating a singer. I can't decide which is worse. 
But it's also very Dylan-esque, which, of course, you know, makes yeah. sense that they all would have coalesced right before, right around this time exactly. uh, for yeah. the Wilburys. And, and, yeah, and and that's the other thing. It's just like another version of, of you know, uh, yeah, I know you're really bad for me, but you're kind of the best thing that's ever well, happened see, to me. Well, see, I, I um, you know, you're so, to me, it, it, um, I didn't get bad as I didn't get that from this. I've always okay. gotten, you know, it and maybe because it's on the right around the same time this would have been the the third greatest the the third best Michael Jackson record, right? Bad, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, bad. bad is good, right? Mm-hmm. You're so bad. Um okay. me, you know, you're not like my sister or or her, you know, ex-husband. You're <laughs> you're the best thing I've ever had. And and you know, in a world gone mad, uh you're the best thing you know, ever. bad is good right. basically. The world so maybe the, actually that now that I say it out loud, that's that's really what I, I I took from it was look, the whole world's upside down, so good is bad. Uh, so you're right. bad. So next song, depending on you, uh, I I think this sounds like a very early version of a Tom, you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker song, but uh, f- shot through that Jeff Lean, Jeff Lynn sheen and uh, flange. Now that I learned the professional yeah. term, <laughs> uh, just has that that uh, Jeff Lynn sound, but it it sounds like an old like. You know, from like American Girl era, damn the torpedoes style mm-hmm. Tom Petty, but, uh, you know, mixed with that little bit modern, uh, newer sound. Yep. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. All right for now. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, here, here we're getting, we're getting, now we're getting into the softer side of Tom Petty. We're going <laughs> right, to try, exactly. this could have been a single that would have gone on light rock. Right. Yep. Exactly. But yeah, I, but I also think you, you mentioned in your notes that it, it it could be on the She's the One soundtrack, which I think is perfect. And also uh, the Wildflowers yeah. album also um, is would have been a, a good one. Uh, what'd you think of a mind with a heart of its own? I, I you know what I, I like it, but it um but it, it definitely gives me that hey let's get together and jam out a song vibe that he picked up from the Wilburys. So a you know I don't. I don't think there's much to it, but I think it's just a yeah. fun song to play together and play with a bunch of his buds. Yeah, this is clear. We're clearly at the end of the record. We have nowhere left to go. Let's just throw some stuff on. We, we, we got four hits out of this. The A&R Man Here's a Single, uh, which we'll talk. Right. You know, that's a whole other record. Exactly. I mean, and Zombie Zoo is the whole like I'd forgotten, completely forgotten about it. Yep. I don't think I've ever heard him play it live. I don't think I've right. ever heard it on the radio. And I was, oh, yeah, it's on this record. OK, mm-hmm. like I Ex- vaguely remembered it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's funny. It's like, you know, when you look, when you go back through this album and it's, you know, it starts with free falling, won't back down. Love is a long, long road, a face in the crowd running down a dream. And even you're so bad. Like that's just, a you know, a, a killer monsters row of, of singles and songs that became singles or, you know, pl- still played today on classic rock. So like it's funny like then it just you get to the to the back half of side two and it's like oh I remember this song oh I I oh is that song on this album you right. know it it just right. kind of starts to 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 fall off a little bit 
So the cover, uh, as we wind the show down here, uh, yep. the cover of Full Moon Fever, it's basically a concert poster. It's very clean. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Yep. Um, I love the fact that it became, I, I like to think this became the template of generic Spencer Gift concert posters, you know, sort of rainbow right. colory, mm-hmm. um, but but very, very simple, you know, the, that you would, uh, you'd find those generic concert posters uh, and Spencer gifts that uh, hit all of our college dorms uh, across the country in the uh, in the 80s and the 90s exactly so and I'm going to get to this uh, in the next section but I'll 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 jump in here he went on a massive tour with the, the heartbreakers after this album was released and I know that he played uh, what's it was called it was probably called the Brendan Byrne Arena back then maybe uh, it was still Brendan Byrne yeah yeah um, he also played the Garden State Art Center and a bunch of people we went to high school with went to see it so I can remember whether it was the official one or the one that they, you know you buy illegally from a guy in, in the parking <laughs> lot of you know exactly what you said it basically the the, t- the, the tour t-shirt was that the cover of that album with that you know rainbow him with the guitar uh, just slapped across the t-shirt so that's that's the other thing that just reminds me of that whole album outlook and the cover and, feels uh, very feel. cardboard to me yeah yes yeah exactly so where does tom petty go from here um mm-hmm. you know he tours with the uh, like you mentioned with the heartbreakers on this and then records mm-hmm. with them after that so from a discography standpoint he gets back with the heartbreakers for 91's into the great wide open does his right. second solo record in 94 with uh, wildflowers uh yep. let's get to the point let's roll another joint yeah um Back to the Heartbreakers again for the soundtrack of She's the One, which was a yep. uh, Ed, not an Ed Norton film. It was no. Edward Burns um, film. With, Edward Burns, um, yep, 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 yep. Jennifer Aniston. Uh, yep. Heartbreakers again in 99 mm-hmm. with Echo. Uh, yep. That's one that I really have to think about what was on that. Um, mm-hmm. Roaring back in 02 with The Last DJ does his final solo album in 2006 with uh, Highway Companion. And then mm-hmm. um, in the middle there, in 08, uh, gets together, you know, the, the Mud Crunch basically puts a record out. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they do another one in 2016. Um, but then the final Heartbreakers albums were Mojo in 2010 and Hypnotic yep. Eye. These official while he was alive canon yep, albums exactly. uh, in 2014. And uh, Tom Petty passed away of an accidental drug overdose of pain meds. Um, mm-hmm. a, a horrible cocktail. I mean, I'm sure it was, it, it helped alleviate the pain, but it was uh, misre- misdiagnosed or misregulated by his doctors. Uh, and he passed away again. It was an accidental overdose. He did not commit. So he was not a drug addict. This was right. just a, you know, the, the dosage got mixed up. Um, on the 2nd of October, 2017. So just a few days from, from yeah. where, you know, where we were now. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, and I remember, uh, I want to say you went to see him maybe 2016 in Philadelphia? Uh, no, no. I saw him in Philadelphia in 2010. Uh, okay, sorry. That would have been on the Mojo Tour. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, my uh, aunt, my uncle's nephew, so I don't know, a cousin of sorts yep. um, by marriage, um, mm-hmm. was a truck driver for Tom. I'm uh, sorry, bus driver for... No, equipment truck? I think he drove the equipment truck or the okay. tour bus, one of those things. So he got okay. us tickets. He'd get tickets, and, and we got... Um, 
it was my aunt, a friend of hers, a woman I was seeing at the time, and we mm-hmm. were, shit, I don't know, 10th row at, at mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't the Spectrum anymore, it was whatever no, came yeah, after like that. like the Core States, Wachovia Center, one of yeah, those Yeah, it was things. probably the first time, one of the first shows there. Phenomenal show. He is, he's right. just phenomenal. Yeah. Right. And you see, he, he is on my list of, again, as you said before, whenever we get out of this situation and there's bands, I am never going to like, you know, uh, I'm going to go see Billy Joel. I'm going to go see Elton John just because I'm like, I don't want Cause he was one. I don't know if it was you or somebody else was like, Oh, let's You want to go see Tom Payne? I'm like, Oh, I'll just catch him on the next time he yeah. comes through town. It was then, probably that. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I've seen Tom Petty, Oh shit! I saw him in college. Uh, mm-hmm. He played uh, the Great Woods or the Garden. I, I remember seeing him in okay. college, probably on the Wildflowers tour. I, I, uh, when I came to, I know I saw him once while I worked at WZLX, and then right. one of the first promotions I ran at Q104. Um, this probably would have been around the Echo tour '99. Mm-hmm. Um, a a new airline uh, started called Airtran Airways. Okay. Uh, which um, no, it was not a, a direct flight to Saigon. Uh, <laughs> it, it was you know one of these like Spirit Air kind of things, and they were right, yep. f- doing flights from uh, LaGuardia, Newark, JFK to Atlanta. <laughs> uh, ironically enough, because I ended up yeah. you know, moving there fifteen years later uh, or twelve years later, whatever it was. Uh, but I flew a group of Q one four listeners to Atlanta um, twice. First trip was to to see the Red Sox and the Atlanta Braves play a baseball game, and it was okay. it was Air Train Airways and Courtyard by Marriott, which had just started. So that was we were trying to convince people. So I'd take a hundred Q and a four listeners to a baseball <laughs> game, and then a month or two months later, I had to take another hundred Q and a four listeners to see Tom Petty at uh, the Lakewood Amphitheater. Okay, um, and. You go to, to to the bus route to the Lakewood Amphitheater is not the same as the um, car route to the Lakewood Amphitheater. Okay. It goes through some uh, pretty dilapidated neighborhoods. Okay. Um, but the cool thing was our bus was parked right next to Tom Petty. So uh, 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 I don't know whether he knew we were there, but as we pulled into the venue, uh, he was coming down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so he must, somebody must have tipped him off because um, he he waved at us. Uh, you know, we opened the door and he said, hey, New York City people. And then, <laughs> you know, he was escorted promptly away. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I, you know, I, I was always fascinated by, you know, it, it was pretty late in his career that um, Full Moon Fever came for a solo album without the Heartbreakers. And I've always wondered if that kind of... <sighs> like put a division there between him and the band but it seems to be that they kind of you know would were kind of fine they would pick up they would they would drop they would they'd play together they would record together they would not play together they would you know and they would kind of come and go as you please i don't know did did you have any feel for it 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 it, um you know it's interesting that you say late in his career um because he I mean he really started in seventy seven, so this is eleven years in, you know right. it, it it to us maybe that you know back then, but you know now that you look at I mean Pearl Jam staring down the face at twenty five years, right? right or thirty years yeah. almost at this point. Um, yeah. But I, you see, good God, it'll I, be thirty I, I, years I, that's next a good year. Point, but I, I'm 
I'm I go by the Beatles standard of uh, by <laughs> you know by the time they were 27 they were done with the Beatles right exactly <laughs> you know and that that's that's a whole other conversation um, right. but you know around the same time of Full Moon Fever you had Springsteen take a yep. departure it, from. Mm-hmm. The East Street Band from the East Street Tunnel Band, I'm, yeah, Tunnel Lucky of Love, Town. right? Yeah, yep. the, the 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 first wife albums. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> um, you know it. It um, what now? What I found interesting about what the Heartbreakers did during their breaks um, is they continued. They played with him on some cases, right? Yeah, uh, which you exactly. didn't necessarily with Sarah, which you didn't necessarily see with Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you certainly, you know, it was, it's more of a page out of the Beatles playbook, right? So the Beatles right. go off and do all their solo albums and yet, you know, Ringo plays on everybody's record and mm-hmm. George plays on John and, and actually Paul never played with John, uh, Paul never played with George, but you know, it's really Ringo. So you've mm-hmm. got, uh, Ben Montag and, and, and Epstein Campbell certainly, you know, because they'd been lifelong friends. Um, mm-hmm. but I saw... Ben Montench really shine, and he is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Yeah, um, his solo album was great too. Yeah, um, I think that you know T- Petty going off and doing this, give, they were probably pissed at the time. I mean, that's what the stories say. Uh, but mm-hmm. but you know, Ben Mont played with Cheryl Crow for years. Like yeah. I've seen him on tour. Probably more because I've seen Cheryl Crow more than I've seen, well, p- putting them all together. And he's played on a bunch of her records. And he is just, God, you got to follow him on Instagram, especially now with everything that's really? going on. He oh, is yeah. so you know I, tapped in. I, I have seen a couple of things of his on Instagram. I, you know, I will follow it now. And, he, the, and the, the, the I'm telling you, that man not only is a great uh, a piano player, great keyboard player, but he can rock a dome. <laughs> all right. So uh, that was uh, Tom Petty's Full Moon Fever. Uh, that was a, f- a fun little trip back to the late 80s and uh, and uh, marrying yuppies and taking them for all that they're worth. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you for indulging us on, on our little trip back uh, to, to high yes. school. Yes, exactly. We we learned a little bit there about WVHS, about our yearbook <laughs> quotes and, and everything. So. That's uh, it's great, and and I actually was uh, texting with Gerard Lavelli and telling him about the uh, podcast. So I think uh, he said he was going to start listening. So uh, hopefully he will listen to uh, to this and and hear my shout out to. We to are, uh, and for those of you who are like, I'm not really an Apple person. I'm not really a Spotify person. I'm not. I have Amazon Music. Well, you know what. This show is on Amazon Music, kids. <laughs> As of the other day, Amazon Music just or Amazon just started doing podcasts in their in their uh, in their app in their music uh-huh. app. Uh, we haven't yep. charted yet, so make sure you okay. rate us. All right, uh, so we I gotta can go. I gotta we go. Can, uh, we can chart. Yet. Yes, yeah, it's another. So I have my <laughs> I, hey. iTunes uh, podcast is on my iPad. My you know a different. Uh, Spotify on my phone. I, yeah, it's all over the place. So, Mike, if uh, if our listeners want to follow us, how do they do that? Sure. Uh, it's uh, We made it very easy for you. It's uh, at Radio Free Jersey on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, basically the same, just Radio Free Jersey, one word. And the website is RadioFreeJersey.com. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And uh, 
Make sure you rate us on any of those platforms. Apple's still the one that controls the charts, a lot of the mm-hmm. charts. It's how people help discover it. But just, you know, word of mouth uh, is really what's going to help grow the show so we can... Um, you know, we just want to reach more people. We want to spread. Right now in this world, we need to spread some love. And this is a show all about love of music. So uh, yes. thanks for listening, everyone. Radio Free Jersey Record Club is written and produced by Michael Marinello and Robert Mathers. Music by Alibi. I'm Craig Peterson for Exit 30 Media. Stay safe, stay classy, and for sake, wear a mask. 